0: Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed to foster community for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike by navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Thanks for joining.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Narrow Way to Broadway. Um, Before we get started this week, I just want to ask that if you haven't subscribed to the podcast that you do that so you can be up to date with every new episode that comes out. We release episodes every single Monday for you to listen to and we hope that they are providing some encouragement and inspiring you um, in your life and walk as believers and artists. Also, we want to ask that if you haven't followed us on Instagram or on Facebook that you do that. You can find us on Facebook at Narrow Way to Broadway and you can find us on Instagram at in way B-Way. So to jump in, we are so excited to have Maddie Shea Baldwin with us on the podcast today. She is a member of the original Broadway cast of Bright Star, and she played Margot Crawford on the national tour of Bright Star. She has most recently performed in The Sound of Music at Oslo Rep down in Sarasota, Florida, where she played Maria Von Trapp, and she is currently a member of the Broadway-bound cast of the musical Born for This about the life of gospel music and R&B music artist BB Winins, which I am so excited about, and she's going to talk about a little bit in today's episode. So without further ado, let's welcome Maddie to the podcast. Hey, Maddie, how's it going?
0: I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: We're so glad that you were able to, to have some time to meet up with us today, for sure. So I guess um, we'll just go ahead and hop right into everything everyone just heard um, your bio a little bit of, of what you do and who you are. So I'm going to go ahead and just uh, hit it off with the first question. So, you know, the kind of thing that w- we all talk about as performers when we're first meeting each other is, you know, how did you get started? What brought you here? So uh, my first question for you is, you know, when did you start performing and what eventually drew you to pursuing it as a full-time career?
0: Yeah. Well, so no one really performs in my family. So it was a bit of a shocker for everyone, but I love to sing ever since I was little. So I guess in preschool, I would sing My Heart Goes On um, from Titanic on the monkey bars um, with a speech impediment. And um, my mom was like, okay, that's a little weird. And then, um, but that's fine. Like, I love that she's out there and confident. I used to sing... um, uh, just around the river bend on the coffee table in front of my family. When I was like four, it just was very, just, I was just born that way. I guess I just love to do it, but my mom didn't think anything of it. You know, I was young and was like, all hey, right. Oh, she likes to sing, but you know, she likes sports and she likes all these other things. And then, um, and then what happened next? Oh, in kindergarten. So I went to a private school. I was lucky to go to this private school in San Diego and we had a music class, which was so wonderful. And it was the music teacher that pulled my mom aside and said, "Okay, like your daughter really, you know, she loves to sing and she has a really good voice. Like you should definitely pay attention to that. And my mom's like, all right. And then, yeah, from there, it was getting involved with like drama classes when I was younger at this place called San Diego Junior Theater, which was this community theater. It's a beautiful place. It still exists. It's in San Diego in Bubble Park. Um, I went there But really what caught me into actual performing was I I did a couple of productions when I was really young, fourth grade and fifth grade. I did Madeline's Rescue, which is based off of the Madeline books. I don't know if you know that, um, that book collection, but I did that. And my name is Madeline. So I was like, oh, it's so cool. So I did that when I was in like fourth grade. And then I did Sound of Music in fifth grade and I played Brigitte and I was hooked. That was like the moment that things turned (laughs) into like a hobby into forever. Um, I loved it. I loved the show. I looked up to the Maria, like I just, her name was Stephanie. She's still wonderful and a lovely person. But back then I truly, like, I just looked up to her so much. I had a little solo in it. I still vividly remember the day when I sang it for the first time in rehearsal um, and everyone being so supportive. And it was really closing of that show. I, my parents were there and I started bawling when I came out and I, you know, I was in fifth grade and I was sobbing on stage that we were ending. And I guess I didn't know this till recently, but my mom turned to my dad and was like, Oh Lord, like she's hooked. Like this is, this is, this is it. This is what she's going to do. So kind of all my hobbies, I was doing like basketball, ballet, like going to basketball with my ballet tights on and like performing. And it kind of like, I centered on that from then on out. And, um, loved it during during school, high school, did professional theater and community theater, all of high school and went to school for it, which is another story because that was a challenge of its own, but went to school for it, ended up getting a BFA and then moved to New York. So it was kind of this weird thing. I just grew up, you know, I grew up, I, I literally popped out like loving to sing, um, but definitely it, it was really the people around me and just looking at, the, I think personally, the um, ensemble around me and to the performers around me, older ones that really, I just loved it and I looked up to them and I just wanted to be like that so it was pretty cool still doing it yeah still doing
1: it (laughs) so you know I think I think a lot of a lot of us especially you know believers when it comes to the performing arts come from kind of the world where our parents had us doing all sorts of I guess it's the the liberal arts kind of education type world we're like yeah we'll try everything you know I mean, like I grew up doing literally everything that I, anyone could imagine. And, you know, I was like you said, seeing it on the coffee table, I was standing on the fireplace and forcing my family to like listen to the Bible verses I'd recite <laughs> that I learned in like private school growing up. And then I'd go off to my soccer practice where I was absolutely terrible. And <laughs> even though my dad was coaching the team and
0: <laughs> I was like, I went to dancing. My mom kept being like, you got to do it. I wish you would have pushed me more because now I'm just a terrible dancer. But yeah, basketball, all the things. But you know, we they cast a wide net, and that's like a gracious thing that our parents do because then we figure it out, and then hopefully, you know, your parents encourage you to do the thing you love most. But it was kind of a funny time when we did it all, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's it's so crazy to think back and be like, wow, I like played football.
0: I'm not coordinated at all anymore. Like I'm terrible. But yeah.
1: like you said, you um you spoke about sound of music and we'll talk about sound of music a little bit, uh, in just a few minutes, which is going to be so cool, especially now, now hearing that you got to do it when you were younger. Um, but you went to college and you, and you got your degree and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, what were, what were the years post graduating sort of like for you?
0: You know, well, let me, if you don't mind, I'll tell you a little bit about college. Cause that was a big faith experience for me into my first couple years because I actually didn't get into any programs that I wanted. And I don't know, I'm sure you have felt this before. Like the program is everything when you're, you know, performer in high school and going into college. And I had a big like self-confidence issue in my abilities and I didn't get in anywhere. I got waitlisted one place. So that whole, my whole college experience before my New York experience was really pivotal for me, especially my faith and sort of bringing God into what I love to do which I don't think I really had prior. I don't think I really fully trusted him and really trusted my abilities in him and, and laid my confidence in him. I think it was more like self-sufficient. I was just trying to do, do, do. And I just, it failed for me, um, which was hard at that age for it to fail and, and to feel like I failed, which it wasn't really failure in the grand scheme of things, but I felt like not getting into a program was failing. And and so I felt called to go to Indiana University and, and I felt like God was calling me there. Um, And I went there as a BA. And then um, I ended up like following the curriculum on my own and practicing in a practice room every night um, and ended up getting asked to audition for the program and got in after my first year. But I only say that because that was so pivotal. And it's not about the degree at the end of the day, but it was just about the journey that God put me on it. He didn't hand me exactly what I wanted. It was like, it really toughened me up and really more than anything more than toughening me up. It really made me realize that I can't do anything without him. Even this thing that I love and I've trained my whole life for, I couldn't do without him. So I was really grateful for that experience going into New York because New York is like college, but then, you know, everyone's on the same playing field and it's like the Olympics of like, of, of all these things you've been doing your whole life. It's all the best people from all over the world, like competing and, and it was, it was daunting, but my first few years were interesting. I was really lucky after college. I, we did our showcase and I, um, signed with a amazing, um, really amazing agents, Nicolosi and company who I'm still with. And that was just a total blessing because they really, I felt like they really wanted to know me as a person. And, um, you know, as performers, like we can be put into these cookie cutout. Like, oh, this is the belter and the actor, or this is the dancer and the soprano or whatever. And for me, they just really wanted to know me and my heart, which I think is what makes us all unique as performers is our hearts and what we put into our performances. So it was just a perfect fit. And like anyone, it was just, it was daunting, but so exciting. I mean, I I truly remember the day I moved to New York. I did my showcase the day after graduation. We all flew to New York. I did my showcase and I actually like snagged an apartment. So I moved in at the same exact time. So I like moved the day after graduation to New York um, for the summer and it was just so exciting. But like anyone, it was, it was frustrating and it was a lot of navigating. Um, Luckily, you know, you have so much energy and and courage and like just stepping forward and taking that big leap of faith after college because you've been training and focusing on it so long for that moment. Um, But it was scary and nerve wracking. I mean, auditioning for big things, like, especially because I had a wonderful agent, I was auditioning for some really big things and I, I remember like recognizing people that I had watched on stage or like knew about, like at auditions, singing after them, and I was like, "This is." I would laugh. I was like, "This is silly." Like I can't be going and I like recognize. I don't know. I forget who the first person I saw was, but it was someone that I truly. I was watching like a show. I don't know if you've heard of like submissions only, but it's like a musical theater show, and um, that I watched in college. And then like you know, the person from that was like before me in an audition. and I was truly laughing out loud. I was like, "Ah, this is ridiculous." So I just was just trying to enjoy like learning and I think that was the biggest lesson for me was just learning and not getting too frustrated. I mean, I was competing against people that I admire. So it was more just taking notes, always asking for notes after every audition and really relying on God to give me that courage to step in the room, which is so scary at that time and it was fun. But Bright Star happened um pretty soon after that. Um So that was, I had a lot of no's, a lot of really frustrating, really exciting no's. Um, And I remember being, quote unquote, like in a silly phase of being like, I'm fed up, like, I'm not going to book anything, which is so silly because we all go through phases like that. Still, I do, you know, but I I remember being like, I don't, I, am you know, I, there's no way I'm ever going to book anything. And I was in a really down place when I went in for that audition. And um, then that ended up being the thing that happened, but. But yeah, it was a it was a crazy journey from college into like my first few years was the most I had grown. I mean, I still to this day it was the biggest journey with Christ hand in hand and like trusting Him and handing over everything to Him and just sort of taking that leap of faith and letting go of control. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and thanks so much for you know speaking into that into your your journey of coming to college. I know that everyone's story is so different and and mine is completely different than, than anyone else that I went to school with. I mean, I had absolutely no idea that I was going to go to school for theater. And then I auditioned for one school and I got in and it was a great school. And at that point I was like, okay, like, you know, this is what God's telling me to do. So that's kind of what happened for me. And, you know, also like your story is one that I know so many more people go through and, You know, I think that's really encouraging for someone that's maybe going through um, a situation where maybe they're not sure if they want to pursue this as a career or they're having trouble, you know, maybe getting cast in a community theater production, you know, just keep working and, and keep, you know, putting the work in. And if it's something you want and you know it's something that God's calling you to, then, you know, success is is where god is going to be leading you in that area so thanks so much for sharing that that's really cool
0: oh my gosh yes and i i really try to share that like any of the kids i've worked with on shows like with the college thing everyone's journey is different when you get to new york everyone's leveled out again and it's like everyone's on the same playing field so i'd say for anyone if anyone's listening and and considering college and feeling like they're not in the perfect program or not in whatever it's it's not about that it's what you make of it and i think really trusting God in that process and really working hard no matter where you are or what you're doing it doesn't at the end of the day don't let fear keep you from pursuing your dreams or think oh I got I went to this school was not as good as this one or I didn't get a BFA I got a BA or whatever it is if you want it and, and God's pushing you and leading you it will happen and I just I'm just get very frustrated with like the college process and people feeling like they have to go to some Michigan DFA, which is great, and that's awesome for some people, but it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. It, what you put into it is what it's going to mean at the end of the day. So uh, that's my last on that. But but yeah, you're totally right. It's different journey for everyone, which is awesome.
1: So moving forward a little bit with this, you you briefly touched on Bright Star, and anyone that is a friend of mine knows that you know, bright star has become like my bread and butter in life. And <laughs> and I have the t-shirt and the posters and everything, like anything that a crazy theater kid could have about bright star. I have, yeah. so, <laughs> but to talk a little bit about the process of how you got involved with bright star, you know, it's in a way it's a, a story that hasn't been told many times, if really ever, Especially on a Broadway stage, um, and getting to work with people like Steve Martin and Edie Brickell, and yes. you know everyone that was
0: oh yeah theater
1: legends that were working on this show.
0: It was so cool. It was a crazy. Day. You know, I will say, like with auditions and things in New York, it's totally about right place, right time. It's about like I feel like it's so much about just like god opening the door at the exact right time um and like i said a lot of doors have been shut and i was a little bit frustrated um knew i still needed to be there but i went into this audition for bright star i actually originally went in they didn't weren't really releasing information on what was cast already and what was like going to be a swing or an understudy or but i'd gone in for like kind of for the understudy for lucy which if you know the show she's really sassy it's actually really not like me at all and i remember being like I remember reading the script. I was at home um, in San Diego and I was like, this is not like me. I loved the story, but I was like, I'm not going to get this. But I was like, you know what, whatever. Sometimes you have that mentality when you go in where I'm like, you know, if I'm not right for it, sometimes I end up doing better because it's like, whatever, you know, I'm going to do the best I can do. And with that one, it's a really cool story. I, I, my mom is from the South. Um, I grew up going to visit my grandma on her farm, all my whole entire life and then when i was in college in indiana i went home all the time to hang out with her for weekends my papa watches um oh my goodness i'm gonna forget the name oh hee have you heard of hee haw
1: have i heard of hee haw yes
0: because <laughs> <Heehaw>. I-, <laughs> I-, <laughs> I that's hee haw is the one it's a variety show right absolutely yeah but i would go home with my papa and i'd watch hee haw um, every single day, because I were on reruns in Clarksville, Tennessee, because that's all, all the people watch. And um, I fell in love with Loretta Lynn. Um, she's my absolute favorite. And uh, there's a song, You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man. Um, I don't know if you've heard it. It's very sassy um and I was like I'd heard it and it wasn't a very big go-to song and they said sing a country song or like a bluegrass song I was like I know what I'm gonna sing i want to sing this Loretta Lynn song and it's a really really funny dry humor Loretta Lynn is truly still to this day my idol but I love her so I went in and sang this song and I don't come off as a very sassy person and I guess Walter Bobby the director was there and he was just really laughing at it. I And I didn't mean for it to be funny, <laughs> this whole thing about it. I I was being serious. It's like, you come to tell me something. Uh, you say I ought to know that she, she ain't got anymore. You ain't woman enough to be my man. He, you ain't woman enough to be his man. Oh, my goodness. You're totally i to to pause this. I'm totally blanking on the words. Oh, you come to tell me something. You say I ought to know. That he don't love me anymore, so I ought to let him go. You say you're going to take him, but I don't think you can, because you ain't woman enough to take my man. These are the lyrics. So I was playing it totally bored and sassy, like Lucy. I just am not a sassy person. So I guess they found that very funny. <laughs> and thought it was like a, on purpose. It really wasn't. I was really trying to be funny, um, not be funny. I was trying to be really serious um so that's kind of a weird story it was that song and they really loved it and and took to it I guess the dancing I did after with Josh Rhodes who I love and I was not um I like I said I'm a terrible dancer so that was not great (laughs) so I basically got this call from my agent that was like hey Maddie they really you know they really love you but you need to work on the dancing and they're going to bring you in they were doing a whole new round um of auditions next time so I basically had done an audition and a callback with scenes insides and, and a dance call. And they were like, they might bring you back in. So then two weeks later, they brought me back in with all new girls. Um, I did the same combo, but this time I sang Asheville. Um, I sang for Margot, uh, which was so special and definitely felt much more close to home and did the scenes for that. And it, it went so well. I mean, I, I remember being so nervous that day, but I felt like God just kind of instilled me with this, like, give it all or nothing, you know, just like give it everything you have girl. Like what's, what's, what are you going to lose? It was sort of that mentality that day, which I'm so grateful that God really instilled me with that. And I woke up feeling that way because it was nerve wracking and the whole team was in there. They were Steve Martin and Edie Raquel weren't there that day, but they were taping for them. Um, And then I did the dance call and I worked really hard, but they changed the dance combo. (laughs) So I had memorized the dance combo from the first time from what I could remember. And then I went back in and they changed it. And I was like, ah, Okay but I did the best I could left it at the door and I was packing up and leaving afterwards. It went great. They were so lovely. And um, the casting director pulled me aside and said, Hey, like, I might call you in a bit. Would you be available this afternoon? I had no idea what he was talking about. And I said, "Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. So then I get this phone call from Howie, our casting director. And he said, the music director wants to meet with you because he couldn't be there that day and wanted to hear you sing. And I was like, okay. So I met at this random studio with just the music director um I had no idea what to expect his name is Rob Berman he's an incredible music director the kindest human you'll ever meet ridiculously talented I didn't know who he was at the time he's a pretty big deal but I didn't know and I went in and I sang Asheville with him just at the piano super casually and that was it so I left that and then I got told by my agents that I was in the mix but we'll see and it took like two months till I found out um about Booking it uh, because they sent it to Steve and Edie and they were just taking their time deciding. So it was a long process, I will say. It took like a month and a half total of waiting and the callbacks and the new round. And um, it was exciting. Yeah. And for that, we thought it was just for the Washington, D.C. Uh, show, but we ended up finding out that actually we found it when the press release came out. I had been told that there was a chance they might keep us for Broadway, but I didn't know that they would for sure nothing's guaranteed. But then the, the press release really said um, Bright Star like sets its Broadway cast with a DC uh, start. And I remember being on the beach with my family at home. I was taking a break before I went to Washington, DC to do this first show by myself. And and then I was like, I guess we're going to Broadway. And my agent was like, they have the Broadway theater, like you are set for Broadway too. And I found that all out at once after booking it, thinking it was just an out of town tryout. So it was truly the coolest experience of my life. And God just, I don't know how, I don't know if you ever feel this way. I just feel like God just instilled me with the, you you look back and I'm like, I don't know how I felt that courageous that day. But sometimes when something I feel like is right and God knows it's the right door for you, he just gave me that push. And I woke up feeling like whatever, I have nothing to lose. And almost felt numb from nerves, And I was like, I'm just gonna give it everything I have. And I feel so grateful for that moment and grateful that God was totally there just, giving me the courage and the strength to to pull through that process and to be patient. And um, yeah, so that was a long winded story, but that was a story. It was a crazy one. And it was my first, my first break in New York and truly the one of the most special shows I've ever done. Um, but yeah, so that's the audition, it's audition story with me forgetting some stuff, but yes, that is the story.
1: That is so cool. I loved hearing, hearing all that. And you know, on the path of bright star you know Br- bright star was a new work and something that you've gotten to do a lot in your career so far it, it seems from what what i know of of what you've done is especially recently work on a lot of new pieces and you know that's something that i know a lot of a lot of artists are always talking about like creating new pieces or or finding New projects to work on and creating them themselves. But it's not the reality that a lot of people, you know, get to fall into creating these new pieces. I know in college, everyone's like, oh, yes, one day I'm going to go off and I'm going to write my own plays and star. And I'm like, Lin Manuel, and like, good for you. Like, go and do that <laughs> if you can. But like, not everyone gets, a lot of people get in the cycle of doing, you know, Grease and, uh, you know, Saturday Night Fever over and over and over and over. And, only a few people I feel like get so unbelievably lucky to work on new pieces. So talk a little bit about like what it's like to be a part of those shows that are being created and um, maybe tell us a little bit about some of the ones that you've worked on recently.
0: Yeah, um, it is really cool. I'll say too, with like the Bright Star process of it needing a new work, especially as a swing on Broadway. I just got to observe, which was really cool. Being a swing is the hardest thing I've ever done, but getting to observe... Um, Steve Martin and Edie Raquel working which they're both so gracious and humble and Walter Bobby and Rob Berman and Josh Rhodes and everyone just working and watching people like Hannah Ellis and AJ Shively and Carmen like all these people work was really cool so that was a really cool experience just being able to sit out and watch and then doing the tour and playing Margo I got to be more part of it and we actually kind of reimagined some stuff so it was it was really cool just to see people work very inspiring um Some other ones I've worked on recently, um, I've done a lot of uh, New York musical theater workshop shows, one called Ladyship, Wall Apart, and some of the really cool ones I've worked on most recently. um, I did, if you've heard of Flying Over Sunset, that's Carmen's show she's about to do on Broadway at Lincoln Center. Um, I did a workshop of that uh, about a year and a half ago um, through Playwrights Horizons, and it was really neat um there were a lot of really 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 cool people in it and getting to see James Lapine work was really cool (laughs) um again you know just like standing back and watching all these geniuses work and Tom Kitt to um you just kind of go in and you try to act really courageous and God gives you the strength to walk in the room but really I'm just like man I just gotta soak this up while I can and obviously with the thing about workshops versus doing first productions of new shows workshops are hard because you pour your heart into it and then you know you're right for it at the time and then it adapts and changes and then someone else Erica Henningsen is playing it now on Broadway although it's paused and you just you you let it go and you get to see it you know with with Carmen who I didn't work with on it and get to see a new production of it which I'm so excited to see and feel lucky to have been through one stage of it um so that's a hard part about working on new things but also really cool to see it adapt and change as long as you're okay with with obviously pouring your heart into it and helping them hopefully like see it live and be able to adapt and change things. Cause you're a part of that, but then being able to let it go and realize that, that that doesn't mean you're a part of it forever. So that's, that's definitely a challenging thing, but it's really cool. I'm working on the, the really, really cool one I'm working on now, which is actually heading to Broadway hopefully soon is BB Winans show, which is a Christian show. I feel like I've been so lucky. Bright Star was Christian based so many things I've done were just like, are are all just like so focused on God. And I feel like we're such a, I call them God kisses, like God just handing me something where I can find like a Christian community and be able to praise God on stage, which is kind of rare and unheard of in this business. And I've been really fortunate. Um, but I'm working on BB wine and show. Um, we did a production of it in Boston, uh, summer before last. Wow. Was it that long ago? Oh, it's crazy. Um, and it's really cool. It's about B.B. Winans. If you know him, he's a really famous gospel singer. Um, he, Him and his sister, Cece, they were the first one to sing um, uh, Lord Let Us Up Where We Belong. Um, and they were on uh, Praise the Lord Network with Tammy Faye Baker, um, if you know them, and Jim Baker. Um, so it's really about his story. Um, and he also sang with Whitney Houston. So it's his story from beginning to end of just getting on the Praise the Lord network, sort of the um, difficulties with with uh, racial lines, even in the 80s, which is so sad, but people being uncomfortable with African Americans being on this white network in the 80s, which is a true story, which is just mind boggling, but a true story and um, the interracial love and really finding your voice and sort of the idea of him picking faith over fame and choosing his faith and not falling too much into fame where he would lose God. And it's literally about Christ, <laughs> Like the whole thing. Um, it's so cool. And we got to sing, I, I played Penny, who's actually his, his love interest, um, which ended up being a big problem. It's a true story. Although I think she was like a hairdresser or something, but it was a true story that he had, he had this relationship almost with this woman who was white and it caused all this these issues backstage and they were everyone was so uncomfortable with it. And so he ended up having to let it go and, and not pursue that um, for because he thought he was going to risk his career and her career for it, which is so sad. And this is in the 80s. I'm going to say that a million times. It's just insane. But it is so special to get to watch people just create and um, pour their hearts into a piece. And then really, it's I feel like for new work, it's more of a collaboration because you get to just you get to bring things to the table and obviously we get critiqued and it's like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Or if, if you're lucky enough to have writers that are very open to critique, you can be like I feel like I would say it this way as this character and everyone I worked with has been so gracious and has taken those bits and, and let us, um, let us sort of adapt the characters and sort of pour our hearts into it and then get to perform it at a full production. It's just it's so cool. It is It is definitely a blessing because um, you feel like you put a, a bit of yourself into these characters and get to originate them in a way, which is so cool. Um, and with, with Born for This, what was so cool is Donald Lawrence was the music director of that. And I don't know if you know him, but he is a Grammy award-winning gospel. He's huge, big deal gospel arranger, composer, um, producer. He's amazing. And he actually listened to our voices and then would verbally like sing parts for us to sing and we would sing it back and he would create it without writing the music he'd have someone listen writing it behind him he would let us sing our harmonies and figure them out with him to best suit us so the whole gospel which is a beautiful gospel score was built off of our voices specifically like us singing out loud and collaborating which was so cool I mean I I, I, I do feel like and you're right and we don't think about it a lot you know sometimes I'm like I don't feel like I get, I could do a lot of regional shows, but then I'm like, you're right. I've been so blessed to do new works, which is, which is so special and, and being able to put a bit of myself into it rather than playing a character that's already been established. So.
1: Oh, that is so cool. And, and born for this. I, I remember seeing you post about that on social media and I was like, Holy cow, like, what is this? And so I like follow all of their accounts and things now but I'm so excited for that and, you know, just wish y'all all the best in that process of, of bringing that show to Broadway, hopefully pretty soon. And cause that's just going to be so cool. And I think one cool thing speaking into that um, and that will segue us into the next question that I have is a lot of faith I feel like is ingrained in so much dramatic work. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like faith hasn't been painted in the best light, but also at the same time, there's a parallel narrative of there's so much work that's being created right now that is telling unbelievable stories of faith with Jesus right at the center of, of those stories. And, you know, born for this is something that's really exciting with that show. And even like amazing grace, the musical, that didn't get much of a life on, on Broadway, but it was on Broadway and like really cool that, You know, that show got to exist and that that really, really important story got to be told that I knew, I've known, you know, growing up in a, in a Baptist church where the hymns are, you know, what we sing on Sunday morning and like amazing grace is the piece de resistance of the hymnal. And, you know, it's a song that everyone knows no matter where you come from and the story behind that of redemption. But, you know, I think it's so cool that, um, especially as believers, when we get to be in those shows and actually worship God on stage in front of people is like just the coolest thing that we could ever do.
0: Insane. I've never, I, I just have, been, I never thought that the majority of the bigger shows I've done, like Bright Star, though, it wasn't bluntly about faith, it's about redemption. And, and, and Carmen's role, you know, Alice is, is praising God. She's singing hallelujah. You know, and the impact, even though that wasn't like, this is about God, like the impact on an audience to hear, to hear a hallelujah, and to see a story of redemption, born for this, just pra- truly praising God on stage, it, closing my eyes and praying on stage. It's just, it is cool. And you don't know the impact that it has. And and hopefully it does bring people closer to Christ. And I, I, surely feel blessed and closer to Christ when I get to do those things. And backstage, like if you have a face-centered show, there's no way of getting around talking about it. And and with Born for This specifically because it is literally about God and church, we would pray before rehearsal, which I don't. It's truly unheard of. Like you know, you want to be very cautious of people's face and of course everyone's face are welcome and everyone's spirituality in the theater community but they were like listen this is what we're talking about so we would hold hands and we would pray which is just I don't even know how to explain it the comfort level of that show and just the peace we all felt performing because we're also connected through prayer was unheard of so you're right it's, it's cool I feel like God's definitely more present than ever and I feel like especially after all of these things going on in our society now I feel like having faith and having having a show that brings God into your heart and reminds you of his presence in your life is gonna be even more important after going through such trials altogether as as a country and as a world right now. Um but yeah, you're right. It's pretty cool, right?
1: Yeah. So so cool. And you know, one more one more thing I'll add on that same subject on on what you're talking about with, with Born for This is you know, like last year I got to do a a touring production of The Scarlet Letter that went to communities and schools all across the country and you know faith is so ingrained in that uh, story as well and i played reverend dimsdale and at the end of that show i got to stand up every single time he performed it in front of god knows how many high schoolers and community centers and literally present the gospel um you know and w- when god you know was calling me to that that contract you know, I had no idea, you know, that <laughs> one of the reasons why I was bring being brought there is I was literally going to get to share my faith every single day. And yes, it was the Scarlet Letter, but I got, <laughs> I got to give a gospel presentation, which is so cool. And I know if any of our listeners have been a, a part of a production or or program where you get to do that, it's... um you know something really special to you that we never really forget now segueing from my little spiel there um speaking of a show that is very very based in faith and is maybe one of the most well-known shows that is um based in faith is the sound of music which you got to do at oslo rep um this past fall winter season so when i saw that you were doing that show and i I actually saw that on oslo reps um facebook page that you were in that production i was like oh this is just going to be the best and then i saw the pictures and everything of it and it just looked like the most gorgeous production of the sound of music that's (laughs) ever been produced anywhere but yeah, speaking into into that production, like I said, Sound of Music is very deeply based in faith, especially the role of Maria that you got to play. And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about how being a believer gave you insight into playing this character and, you know, what sort of things God was teaching you through this particular production.
0: <laughs> this one was so, it was truly one of the most special experiences of my life. Um and god was so ever present um and i really truly had never felt so close to christ and performing at the same time um because i felt like in order to play maria i needed to be embedded in my faith and i needed to be praising god every morning and listening to my music and to <laughs> doing my devotionals so or i wouldn't be able to to play her properly um and and it just it really just brought me maddie closer to christ but yeah maria is just so cool isn't she it's funny because it's sort of this timeless classic but um our director Josh Rhodes who actually was a choreographer for Bright Star um he was directing and he's just really truly just has one of those hearts where you just see his heart pours out into his work he just has a beautiful heart and it was a perfect show for him to do because he you could just see everything you saw in those pictures like that was just Josh's heart and all the other artists who collaborated on the lights and the sound just like poured into it everyone just poured their hearts into the show which was so cool to witness and to be a part of but he allowed us to approach it like it was a completely new piece so we we had a lot of rehearsal time which was nice and we just got to break it down and that gave me a lot of time to really focus on Maria and why she is just truly a child of God and, and has this childlike faith that I so aspire to as Maddie like I would leave that show being like man I wish I could just be like her all the time you know like she is just this childlike faith, which obviously in the Bible, we talk about all the time about how to be like a child again. Right. And, and that's what I love about Maria. I mean, Maria obviously comes from having no family. Her family is truly the Abbey. It's mother Abbess. It's the nuns. That's the only thing she knows and it's the only place she feels safe. However, her personality that God gave her, doesn't really quite mix with the Abbey. Um, and she wants it so bad, but just doesn't, that's not the gifts God gave her, you know, God didn't give her the gift to be quiet and to be internal. And she is loud and boisterous. And she literally runs around a mountain and sings, you know, like, that's what she loves to do. And so what I love about the show is that she herself is struggling sort of with gifts God has given her and where she fits in the world. Um, and I think that's what's so cool. And especially mother Abbas, who I feel like truly is a mother to her knows this, but without telling her you don't belong here. She says, why don't you try this? You know, she leads her as God leads us. Right. And she's like, here you go, try this door, my child. And then she walks through that door and obviously she finds her place. You know, she, when she moves into the Von Trap household, she, knew, she learns new things and she, she changes herself. But at the same time, She is singing with those kids. She's, she's bringing life back into their home again after their mother died. And she's finding love with the captain, which is a whole other story, but her relationship with the kids and and allowing them to be themselves again and running around mountainsides and making, making outfits for them to be goofy in and jumping on beds. And she's herself, like she's using the gifts God gives her. And she's finding that there's a purpose for that in life. Um it's just so cool and I think that the kids teach her a lot as kids do in life teach us a lot about ourselves and she becomes she realizes there's different types of love there's obviously the loves of the kids and there's her love of Christ and she's realizing she's allowed to love this man and then that's Christ like too, to to be in love and it's just so cool. I mean, I, I truly just felt honored to play it and it will be the most ex- special experience of my life. And um, to be able to play a woman like that. Um, and also I, I felt like the show itself is such a Christ-centered show and it, there's so much to it that I never felt like I had to prepare for the show before the show. I felt like she goes on a journey and it's written so beautifully that... You just you pop, in our production. I popped out of the basement and was pretending I was climbing up a hill and like threw my shoes up on this mountain and threw my flowers and like climbed out in this dress. And then at the end of the show, you know, she's married and they're running away and she's got this courage, hand in hand with Captain Von Trapp And it's just the journey. It's it's beautiful and it tells itself. So I didn't ever feel like I had to force it. I felt like God was present the whole way. Um, but man, just playing it was an honor and and truly. For me, I learned so much at the time of my life of being in New York for a bit and feeling like I still had walls, you know, I had nerves around certain auditions. For me during this show, she's classical role and I don't normally play classical roles. And I actually had sort of typed myself out since beginning before college that I couldn't sing soprano and I wasn't a classical singer. And I I, I almost didn't go in for the show to audition because I was like, my agents were even like, oh, you, this doesn't really feel like vocally, like, you know, they knew me, they weren't speaking for me, they were just like, you don't normally like to go in for classical stuff. I was like, yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'll just challenge myself this time. And doing it, you know, I came in with so many nerves when I actually booked it to be like, wow, am I going to be able to handle this role vocally and be classical? And, and I was focused on all these details and, and feeling like, what am I, am I being an imposter playing this role vocally? And am I right for it? Am I the right type for it? And What was so funny is as Maria teaches the kids and the kids teach her, Maddie, like myself, I remember doing rehearsal. I had to, I had to have a childlike faith, Maddie, in order to trust this process and to trust the show and allow myself to pour my own heart into it and to be courageous enough to take this, you know, idolize like iconic role and be myself and, and bring something new to it, which Josh allowed us to do, which was so special. Like I didn't have to fill a mold, you know, or sing it my way or whatever it was. And God was like, all right, Maddie, like as Maria is being childlike, you have to be childlike too. Okay. So what was so cool is the kids. I just love them. I'm, I'm still friends with them. Um, they're awesome. And we had two casts of kids. So we literally, there's seven kids. Our, our Lisa was an adult and she's a good friend of mine. And then the six kids, there were 12 of them. In <laughs> rehearsal every day. And a lot of it was just me and the kids. So it'd either be six kids watching and six kids on stage or whatever. And I just remember doing Lonely Goat Herd, which is such a soprano song, of course, in my head, being like, oh, am I soprano enough for this or whatever? And the kids would just be throwing pillows at my face. And it was like, I gotta be like a kid again, you know, where you crack and you don't care and you are just goofy and uncomfortable and in your own skin and not so judgmental on yourself and yeah i just felt like god taught me as maria and as myself just to be childlike in my faith and in my trust in him and i had perfect examples around me with 12 kids that were these beautiful kids who just had beautiful hearts and talent and just didn't think twice about anything they did, you know, even if it was the wrong choice, there was no thinking about it, they just did it. And it was so cool to witness and watch. So overall was just, it was just the coolest, most special experience, the cast, the creatives, the crew, everything about it. It was so cool
1: absolutely oh that is so so fun and I'm so jealous oh. because I in every show I'm like which I'm like I'm 23 so I don't know why I'm so desperate for this but I'm always like someone else gets stuck with the kids in the show that are in the ensemble to like and I'm like give me the kids give them to me
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know and it gets you out of your head too because you're backstage and then you know like our Gretto, Cora, she's running around she had a milkshake and a hamburger and she literally i'm about to sing, sound of music and i'm in my costume and um my my group like my dresser and all of us were walking down and then she's like hi maddie and then she throws up <laughs> like <laughs> and, in front of me. and then you know i'm off stage between scenes before i have confidence doing a two-second quick change being like is is cora okay did she throw up yeah she threw up she's fine she'll be on stage for do me okay all right so you're just like you can't be in your head because you're just like you know. I wasn't in charge of the kids; they were like my friends, and he was making sure everyone's okay and like hanging out. Sometimes I'd bring the kids. I I brought our burkita down to the trap with me, and we'd say a prayer and like hang out before I went up to sing the song. And it just was it was it was so cool. You can you can't think about anything. You got you know six kids running around being goofy backstage. Might as well that too. So it was really cool.
1: Absolutely, I love all of that. Um, you know, to kind of, to close out, I wanted to, uh, ask you this question that I like to end all of our episodes with is what is something God is teaching you right now in your life, in your walk with him?
0: Oh man. Well, you know, I'm sure, I, I'm sure maybe after this airs, things will be changing, but right now we're in quarantine, you know, um, it's been an interesting journey, I'm sure for you too. I'd be interested to hear what you're feeling. I, for performers, you know, everything's shut down. Um, I live in New York, in my own apartment, and now I'm living in California with my family. And I actually started teaching. Um, I'm doing donation-based teaching all day, every day, a lot of the, to the kids in sound of music and just kids in general. Um, It's been so cool in different ways. Obviously there are ups and downs during this time, but God is, I think, teaching everyone if we listen through this experience. For me, there are a few things he's teaching me, I think. (laughs) Uh, The first is to not give in to fear. Um, You know, God doesn't feel this yet. And I think this is a very fear-based time and it's easy to feel fearful, so that's a huge thing which some days i'm more fearful and some days i'm more courageous and i think as performers i'm sure you also feel this way performing is a big part of our identity um because we are so vulnerable and we're artists right and we're pouring our hearts into our work it's a big part of our identity it's a big part of who we are as people versus you know obviously everyone has a connection to their job but you know my dad always says for him he he works so he can live. He doesn't live so he can work. And it's easier said than done for us. And we try to think that way, like it's my job. But it truly, like, I do live to work. Like, it is something that I do and I love to do. And it's something I'm ridiculously passionate about. So it's not a nine to five, right? And so losing that in this time for the time is really hard. And it's sort of, I feel like God's teaching me a lot daily. It's new every day. But I feel like it's like, all right, Maddie. Let's learn how to define your identity through me and not just on shows and not just on on your worth, you know, booking a job or doing well in an audition or singing a note a certain way. Obviously, there's so much God present in our work, but it's allowed me to take a step back and realize other parts of my identity, which are my relationship with Christ and. Um, my relationships with, we, I know, I'm sure you feel though like you're home with your family as well, as you told me, and, and and feeling connected with your family. And my brother just had twins and being an aunt and, and being a girlfriend and being a sister and being a daughter. Um, I'm just able to solely focus on that, which has been humbling and interesting um, to really realize how reliant I was on my career, truly in moments, to uh, define my self-worth which it's it's just a part of our lives, right? Because it's work like any other. And it's a, it's a beautiful part and a special part, but it's a part. And then my last thing I've been taught is I'm teaching um, a lot and I'm teaching kids. And it's just been so cool. I feel so blessed by it. I feel like I am watching these kids. My big lesson I've been trying to teach in my lessons is to pick material for auditions that they relate to. And we, we talk about something in their life that they can bring into the story. And then instead of playing, you know, Mulan or playing whatever it is, Dorothy, when they're singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow, we talk about what, what to them, what story can they bring to Cora or to whatever my student's name is, to Lily, to all these different students of what is something they've experienced that they can live throughout this story. And in that, I feel like they've been saying, and I feel this way about myself when I perform, when I bring my own heart into it, you get to share that with people. And then you also, it feels like you get to, you get to be introspective and live out a story while you perform. So getting to watch kids share in these workshops, share those experiences with me, it feels humbling. I get to listen to their stories whether it's a tough time at school or it's it's performing in their first show and the moment they knew they wanted to perform or whatever they're bringing into their pieces, I get to witness that. And it's just been a blessing. Teaching is something I've always wanted to do at some point. Um, but I've been able to do that, and that's definitely been a huge gift, is just observing and watching watching these kids soar and, and sharing their hearts with me. is just – it's really cool. So – yeah, that's where we're at right now, you know, obviously, in New York, things are I'm learning things every day. But with right now with quarantine, it's a big curveball. And it's God is, 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 I think, ever present as much as people can feel in solitude and alone. Um, But man, he is he is if we listen, if we choose to listen, he is teaching us a lot. In my opinion. Amen. So,
1: yes. I totally agree, and I know you know the center of a lot of the conversations that I've been having during this time have have been about my faith, and especially about mm-hmm. um, how our identity it does get so wrapped up. And I know um, you know some of the other folks that we've talked to, and that you're going to be hearing from on this podcast have talked about the same thing. And you know, it, it, it we can't hear it enough that our identity yeah. is not our work. And in an episode. Um, that we have um, a few months back is with John Jorgensen. And he talks about, you know, if I had, ev- if everything was gone today and I stopped doing mm-hmm. everything, you know, I'd still be enough to God. And he'd still love me the exact same way he would if yeah. I was, you know, won every single Tony award for everything at the Tonys. He's going to love me the same. And anything else that happens yeah. in our life is, you know, simply icing something on top of the situation that we can praise him. And, you know, we love icing on our cakes and our <laughs> cupcakes and it, it makes it complete, but you know, the cake is what it is. And, you know, we have to praise God um, in that identity that we have. That's strictly through him.
0: And how lucky are you to have to be aware of that, you know, I mean, I think it really must be so hard to not feel like you have an identity in anything else. And so I, I truly feel lucky during this time that, I am embedded in my relationship with Christ and I'm aware of it. Just having that aware being aware of that gift and knowing that you have that relationship as we all have as humans on this earth but being aware of the fact that he's there which he's there for everyone but knowing he's right here with me and loves me for me even if I don't feel artistic when I wake up. It's just it's what a blessing to to know that and to have that peace and comfort. We are we are really lucky and um you're so right. It's a tricky it's a tricky concept but it is now is the the perfect time to learn that and to focus on that.
1: Well, before we go, I did want to give our listeners an opportunity to be able to learn more about you. Um, Is there a place where they could uh, follow you maybe on social media or, uh, you know, just learn more about you in general?
0: Yeah. um, Let's see. What's I'm so such an old lady. I forget what my Instagram handle is. Oh, Yes, sure. <laughs> My Instagram handle right is at Madeline, M-A-D-E-L-I-N-E underscore, underscore, S-H-E-A, Madeline Shea. And then I have a website, uh, Um, although I'll say Instagram's a little more present. Um, But yeah, if anyone wants to follow, I, I try to be pretty transparent, and um, I'm also down to chat. Like, if people want to talk about Christ and performing and, and, and pursuing a career and being a christian and what that means and how that looks i mean i'm learning every day but i love talking to people about that and i like you i'm so grateful for this and getting to chat about about something so special and i've never heard of anyone doing a podcast like this and just being open about our faith and the arts and it's so special what you're doing but i am down to chat anytime about our relationship with god and being a performer and just this crazy world we live in. So feel free to follow or chat or whatever.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing all that. And thanks for everything that you had to say during the podcast today. I know I learned a lot um, from you and, and (laughs) well, thank you, Maddie. And um, you know, we are so excited to see what you're going to be doing next and to keep following you and all of us here at narrow way to Broadway wish you so much um, success and continued growth in your relationship with, um, Jesus as a performer and throughout the rest of your life and the rest of your career. Um, But again, we wanted to thank you and, you know, we will keep following you.
0: Oh, same, same back to you. I can't wait to see all you do with this podcast and who you touch. So thank you so much for having me.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. We release new episodes the first and third Monday of the month. For more information on what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at InwayBway.